0: It is time for our Mint Day program here on a Friday. Scott in here with you as we talk about the things that we're going to talk about over the next couple of hours and chock full of good information. Whether you like the information or not, it's good information. So Susan Littlefield, for instance, is in San Antonio right now and checking out the Commodity Classic. How are we doing today, Susan?
1: hey we're doing really good of course you can maybe hear some of the background noise as folks are leaving general session getting ready to head to the trade show i am actually looking out the window to the west and i can see some light so it looks pretty nice outside but a great opportunity for folks to stay inside and learn more and weather's one of the things that's been the big topic of discussion and we'll hear more coming up here at 12 19 as shaley talks to al dutcher i caught up with under secretary bill northy he is actually working the trade show floor in a booth. So if you say those in D.C. don't work, you need to check out some of the folks <laughs> from the Department of Ag because he's been busy talking to folks about deadlines, including today's CRP deadlines. We'll talk more about that coming up. And then Bryce will bring us a report coming up at one seventeen.
0: All right. Very good. And uh, I hope you, uh, hope you get a chance to get out there and enjoy it and uh, see what's going on. And that. that is a sprawling city. It is so large.
1: It is, and since you said that, I'm actually going to be on vacation Monday and Tuesday, and Uh I'm going to spend some time down here, enjoy the Texas weather, and spend some time with my oldest child. So it'll be a good couple days off.
2: Susan,
3: I have a quick question for you. Yeah, what's that? It was this date in history that the fifth day of the Siege of the Alamo got underway. Is the town doing anything to commemorate this to-the-day anniversary of the ongoing Siege of the Alamo?
1: they are all week they have been doing different things and on the 29th they're actually going to have a huge event taking place at the alamo and the alamo right now is actually under archaeological i can't even talk archaeology reconstruction does that make okay, sense Yes. Yeah, yeah. um yep they're doing some work right now they want to keep the alamo around for another 300 plus years so they've been doing some digging and some working to make sure that the foundation stays good and strong but yes lots of celebrations lots of things surrounding the alamo here
3: my love of history started when i first learned about the siege of the battle of the alamo love it
1: and it still smells like a wet gym sock bag so nothing's changed you're
0: you're right about (laughs) that all right thank you so much susan i appreciate it thank you all right, well, you've cut into your time with sports now because you talked about history. So. I can do that. Okay, go fast.
3: The UNK women lost last night on a last-second shot. The men got a last-second steal and then a pair of free throws to hold on. The men's basketball team for the University of Nebraska at Lincoln lost last night. The UNL women also lost last night. So we have some losses but also a victory to talk about and some high school basketball final championships coming up. Uh, Loomis taking on Silver Lake in Minden, and there's also a big game tonight, Chase County and Wahoo and Carney tonight.
0: All right, very good. And speaking of losses, we're back to Bob Brogan again. Hi, Bob. Hi. Stocks plunging
4: again and trading on Wall Street, putting the market on track for its worst week since October 2008. And we weren't feeling very good at that time either. Mm -mm. Concerns about the economic impact of the new coronavirus intensifying, disrupting business events, production, and travel. The Geneva Auto Show was canceled after Swiss authorities banned large public events and there's been a run on face masks so um many businesses have sold out of them and uh by golly i don't know uh i guess we better get our face
0: mask early i was i was going to use one of those old timey like uh, nfl face masks see if that would help out too
4: i won't tell you what i'm going to use because i can't say it on the air
0: very good well that's all coming up on Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. We check in with Paul Perkins here in studio with us on a just a very, very
5: pretty Friday. And, so, and it's going to lead to even better conditions as we head into the weekend. Leap day. Probably going to be one of our warmest sleep days ever. I would have to think tomorrow with oh, highs into the mid-60s, upper 60s across the area. <laughs> that's some
0: deep knowledge if that's true, but yeah, for sure. We... There
5: can't be too many record days. <laughs> no, that's right.
0: That's absolutely right, but it's going to be so nice, we're going to want more days like that for sure. It's, it's just a beautiful These weekends have been pretty good last year. Mother Nature has
5: been very kind on the timing on that. Uh, Right now, temperatures warming into the mid to upper 40s for the most part across the area. We do have some low and mid 50s, northeast Colorado on into northwest Kansas. And today, of course, a totally clear day. And if you take a look at a visible satellite photo, you can really see where the snow is still left over. From southwestern Custer County into western Dawson County, pretty much all of Gosper County down into Furnace County, then from about Phillipsburg to near Sylvan Grove, Kansas, that swath of snow where they saw about 5 to 10 inches of snow, it's still showing up on the satellite photo. A lot of other people's snow, of course, has pretty much disappeared with that That, system. That is
0: just the goofiest thing. It really is to look at visible satellite and just see this aberration of (laughs) snow.
5: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's really something, and it's about a fifteen mile wide swath in uh, northern Kansas, and it actually it got shared on the Hastings National Weather Service pay- Facebook page yesterday. We put it on our Facebook page. I even saw uh, got shared as an as a, it's a news article in the Washington yeah. Post. So I was scrolling through Facebook, and the Washington Post even did a story oh, on that. A, so, wow. So Today and tomorrow looking to be some sunny skies and warmer conditions thanks to a ridge of high pressure building onto the plains. Tomorrow going to be the warmest day of our next seven with temperatures 20 degrees warmer than normal. Southwest winds that may be a bit breezy tomorrow, low humidity, and the warmer temperatures could lead to An increase in dangerous fire weather conditions, so be careful if you're in a drier area. A cold front tomorrow night will cool our temperatures back into the 50s on Sunday. An extension of low pressure moving through the plains Sunday night into Monday will increase the chances for some snow and some rain. Most of the energy with this system will track well to our north and south. Any precipitation expected to be on the rather light side. Tuesday through Thursday, mainly dry and a return to slightly above normal temperatures. That is reflected in our long term warmer than normal temperatures expected for Nebraska, Kansas, and the central U.S. Wednesday through March 12th, especially in the later periods, early to mid March, daytime highs in central Nebraska, usually in the mid to upper 40s, with average overnight lows in low 20s. And once again, expected to be above that. A mostly dry outlook for below normal precipitation is predicted Wednesday through the 12th for Nebraska and Kansas. So some ideal conditions get things ready for field work across the area. Key weather factors in the markets include heavy precipitation next week for the Midwest and Delta and variable conditions in South America. First half of next week, heavy rain will return across the southeast U.S. Five-day rain totals of 2 to 5 inches from northeast Texas into the Ohio Valley could lead to renewed flooding where rivers are already running unusually high and soils are already saturated. Cool weather currently affecting the eastern half of the U.S. will be replaced by some mild conditions early on next week. In the Midwest, the wet soils continue to be a concern. Getting closer to spring field work. warmer temperatures should reduce the snow cover in the northern Midwest and northern plains where some harvest may resume even though the soils will remain on the very wet side. Moderate to heavy snow may return to western parts in the northern plains the middle of next week. Southern Plains temperatures will rise to above normal this weekend. There is a chance for widespread rain and some snow the early to middle part of next week for the Southern Plains. Southern Brazil's conditions are favorable for filling soybeans right now to the north. There's plenty of moisture for newly planted second crop corn with some scattered rain chances continuing in northeast Brazil. Crop damage has likely occurred where they keep missing out on the needed rain. Argentina's short-term weather favorable for filling corn and soybeans, but rain will be needed by next week.
0: All right, very good. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Uh, where do you go to check in on your weather, sir?
5: Weather tab krvn.com.
1: It's time again this week. We get to visit with our Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist, Al Dutcher. And Al, another kind of back and forth week over this past one. But as we head into the weekend, it sounds like things are going to warm up just a little bit. Can we expect that into the weekend and even next week?
6: Well, I think you got it right on the warm-up. It's been well advertised. Uh, This has been an unusual February in the standpoint that it seems like every weekend has been pretty much uh, precipitation-free and uh, well above normal in terms of temperatures. And most of our cold air has been coming up during the work week, which makes the month of February go by a lot faster. As far as I'm concerned, being able to get outside makes a big difference at this time of the year, rather than being stuck behind closed doors, so to speak, with all that cold air coming in. But we do have a nice weekend in, in store. It does appear that the ridge will move into the center part of the country as we have a big trough moving into the western United States. And we should see some southwesterly to southerly winds as we go through tomorrow and they will be exceptionally strong unfortunately due to the difference in the pressure over the central plains and the big storm coming into the pacific northwest so it'll be warm and we'll be primarily in the 60s we may touch the 70s in a couple spots if we can keep the high cloudiness at bay And then we see some slight cooling as the system moves across the northern plains and and basically puts a little bit cooler air in place as we get into Sunday. But the real action comes Sunday evening into Monday, as the northern stream starts to drop down into our region, bringing much cooler air into the state, uh, probably starting in the northwest Saturday afternoon, and the cold front will blow through the southeast as we get into midday Monday. It does appear that GFS wants to uh, push some... uh, Upslope flow snows development on Monday or excuse me, Sunday night into Monday morning, uh as that cold air presses up against the mountains and we bring out a little bit of moisture. Don't be surprised the southern half of the panhandle and northeastern Colorado have some type of advisories issued before this is all said and done with. I'm not gonna go out and limit and say we're gonna get a ton of accumulating snowfall, but the potential is there for at least several inches of snow. It'll be short lived though as that cold air merges with the southern stream to the east of Nebraska and drives a fairly big storm through the southeast and up the eastern seaboard. And as it does that over the period from Tuesday through Wednesday, that's going to pull the cold air to the east of us. So we'll start to return back to near normal conditions into the mid to upper 40s to low 50s, depending on location. And it looks to me like we will stay under the influence of that high pressure through next weekend once again before attention turns to a system moving into the western United States, taking almost an identical path as this one that we're talking about right now for this early next week, and once again bringing in a chance of precipitation. The only difference between this system and the one uh, that is expected to come in early next week Is it won't drive as far southward. Therefore, the rebound will be rather dramatic. We only be dealing with a day or two of uh, climate weather, whether or not it will be in the form of precipitation from some energy moving out of the southwest is the open ended question. But then it looks like it stays fairly warm. And right now the only real big significant pattern that I see that could be very impactful for the state of Nebraska really doesn't come in until we get to around the thirteenth or the fourteenth. At this point in time, at least the GFS is advertising this is a mainly a rain event, but we'll watch the northern stream to see if it becomes active and it starts to slip in at the same time this ejects out of the southwest. To see if we get enough cold air in here to create a snow event across the northern plains and potentially the northwestern half of nebraska but we're at least 10 days away from that type of a pattern uh worry so right now enjoy the weather
1: all right thanks so much it's nebraska extension agricultural climatologist al dutcher you're listening to the rural radio network
0: Hi. Uh struggled uh, to even push a button after that joke. What? No, it's fine. That's it's quality fine. humor there.
3: Uh-huh. Keeping it's, us going here on a midday.
0: Th- that's what we needed. That's absolutely what we need. I heard this the other day. Uh our engineer Rod was telling us that this in in Kansas at a men's ba- a, a a boys basketball game, high school boys basketball game, there were uh 30 the fouls were 30 to 6. The team that had the 30 fouls called on them also had six technicals called on him.
3: Wow! Yeah,
0: and uh, several people thrown out. It was uh, not fun. Apparently, so
3: I have never seen that in my life.
0: Thank goodness I've never seen that either. That would be scary. Right. It actually, would be scary. You get that many people angry in one place. Whew, right mentality takes over, and uh, yeah. Luckily, that didn't happen at the Nebraska basketball game last night. Good
3: point. <laughs> Junior guard R.J. Pear stole an inbounds pass and made two free throws with 21 seconds remaining to lift the University of Nebraska Kearney men's basketball team over Newman University last night, 66 to four, 66 to 64 at Newman, which is in Wichita. Last night, the Lopers are now 16 and 11 overall, 10 and 8 in the conference. They won a fifth road game of the year and now have a chance to finish the year on a three-way tie for fifth place. In the, in the MIAA standings, UNK is at Central Oklahoma. The Bronchos, which are Broncos, but they add an extra H in there. B-R-O-N-C-H-O-S. Same meaning? I'm guessing. Okay. But they're affectionately called the Cho's. So the Lopers and the Cho's, you can throw the record books out when those two teams square off. Sure. The Cho's are 10-17, and 7-11 and 11 overall. They'll meet tomorrow afternoon to end the regular season. A.J. Jackson led four Lopers in double figures with 13 points in the women's game at one point in time UNK led by double digits but were knocked off by a last second shot last night 66 to 65 in the game's final seconds the 24 ranked lopers now fall to 25 and 4 on the season university of nebraska lincoln men's basketball team lost 75 54 at home to the ohio state university last night deshaun burke had 13 points lead the huskers while cam mack also was in double figures with an even dozen Nebraska looks to snap their long losing streak on Sunday when they face Northwestern in the final home regular season game of the year at 3.15 p.m. The number 22 Indiana women erupted on a 23-4 surge in the first six minutes of the fourth quarter as the Nebraska women's basketball team dropped an 81-53 decision to the Hoosiers at Assembly Hall on Thursday night. Sophomore Leah Brown led the Huskers with 22 points. And a little closer to home, the high school District basketball action is heating up. The D2 district final tonight in Menden has Loomis taking on Silver Lake. Pregame for that one is at 550 right here on the Blowtorch, 880 KRVN, and of course online at KRVN.com. And at a game that I'll have courtside seats for, the C one eight Girls District Basketball Championship is tonight at the Carney High School. Number eight seed Chase County will be the home team versus number nine seed Wahoo tip time for that game between the warriors and the longhorns set for seven thirty p.m so for all those folks in chase county that are making the trip east probably even as of now travel safe and we'll see you in Kearney tonight
0: well i talked to a few of them last night and they uh they weren't they this is how they their season ended last year against wahoo and they were, right. they were hoping to uh get a chance to play well uh we'll, we'll see they're good folks though hopefully they can Hopefully they can. I'd like to, like to see them get a win there. And uh, Silver Lake, Loomis, it could be interesting. I'll be having the call on that one. I think that might, might be fun.
3: Always, always a good time for this time of year. And, hey, if you're like me and you don't have a dog in the fight and you're not doing anything tonight, pay the 10 bucks And go and see some really high-quality basketball team between two teams where one's going to go to state and one may never play organized basketball again. So it, go out there and enjoy the game.
0: It's some of the best basketball we have. Thanks, Brandon.
7: Nebraska 3rd District Congressman Adrian Smith says Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar took part in a hearing held before the House Ways and Means Committee Thursday and several health-related topics came up, including discussion of coronavirus. What Secretary Azar said helped Congressman Smith have confidence in the efforts of federal and state officials and health providers to combat the virus?
8: So we all want to ensure the effectiveness of our quarantine efforts at preventing Uh, the spread of the virus uh, here in the U.S. UNMC did a great job uh, during the Ebola issue and I know they are already working on clinical trials for a a drug to treat coronavirus. Uh, Great to see UNMC
7: rise to the task and uh, Secretary Azar is taking the virus very seriously. Smith says he has heard from some state residents on the issue, but the level of concern among those contacting his offices seems to be less than it was during the Ebola outbreak. Lincoln's mayor says selling the natural gas generated at one of Lincoln's wastewater treatment plants will produce $2 million of new revenue for the city annually. The mayor said Thursday the sales will also further the city goal of environmental sustainability. Lincoln has used the gas to produce electricity that helped power the wastewater treatment plant. City officials decided in 2017, however, that upgrading the system at the Teresa Street plant and selling the biogas locally or nationally would provide a greater return on the investment. A recent survey sent out to community members and employers in Lexington shows concern over the childcare services in the Lexington area. Shauna Worth, the Assistant Vice President of Early Childhood Programs for the Nebraska Children's and Families Foundation.
1: Almost 80% of employers said that they had employees that were distracted or unable to come to work due to lack of childcare. 70% of them said the lack of childcare has affected their ability to retain employees, and over 50% said the lack of childcare availability affected their ability to hire their candidate of choice. Another last one is that 80% of employees said the availability of childcare is important to them as employers.
7: Worth also added that child care services needs to be addressed as a profession in Lexington to help aid with more assistance for the community. An egg farm building went up in flames and thousands of chickens died outside a small town in northeast Nebraska. Authorities say no employees or firefighters were injured Thursday evening by the fire at the Michael Foods facility. It sits a little less than three miles west of Bloomfield in Knox County. The fire was so intense a National Weather Service satellite detected its heat. A Bloomfield City Councilman says Michael Foods has about 20 barns at the site and about 4 million chickens. The fire cause is being investigated. For more news anytime, go to krvn.com. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson.
3: You're listening to Midday with Scott Foster here on KRVN.
1: Talking deadlines during Commodity Classic. Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Caught up with Undersecretary of Farm Production and Conservation for the USDA, Bill Northey as he spent time on the trade show
2: floor. We do, Susan. So uh, certainly first deadline is uh, in the next couple days here, we're talking on Thursday and and uh, Friday, um, the 28th of February, is the last day for sign up for the, for the general enrollment CRP. So uh, if you haven't done that yet, give your office a call. Tell them that you want an appointment. You want to do that. We can certainly finish up Uh, folks that are on a register but you need to have an appointment uh, to be able to be on that register and and the conversation could happen next week but uh, sign up does close on Friday.
1: Speaking of conversations, what a great place as Commodity Classic to have great conversations with all these ag producers,
2: isn't it? Though um, I I got a history of coming. Actually, I was president of Corn Growers back uh, 25 years ago, 24 years ago when this all when this all came together as Commodity Classic. Um, and so it's been uh, fun to be able to run into a lot of folks that I've known in the hallways, and then get a chance. I've gotten a chance to be able to be in front of uh, some of the, uh, the the organizations, caucuses, and gatherings and be able to answer some questions and hear their concerns. And so it's just a a wonderful place for us to be to be able to hear what's going on and the things that we need to be working on.
1: You have a different role, obviously, now as undersecretary, but you still carry a very important role, and that's farmer. So you can very much relate to them as they, they bring you their questions and concerns.
2: I do. I actually just ran into somebody from about 10 miles from from my home uh, in this group of uh, 10,000 folks that are here um, and uh, they said they have come every year once they started to come. They came eight years ago uh, and one of the things that they love about this event is everyone they talk to is a farmer. Um, and I think it's an advantage for some of us at USGA to have that farmer experience. All my administrators, administrator of FSA, RMA, and the chief of NRCS are all farmers. Uh, so they have some familiarity. We all know we don't know everything about farming everywhere in the country, but we know something, and we can ask questions, and we can engage, and we know partly what drives farmers and what's important to them. The the legacy that they feel and they carry, the legacy that they want to give to the rest of their family, how much they care for the land, um, and certainly how challenging it is to be a producer in years like 2019 um, and with the uncertainty that's out there market-wise as well.
1: ARC PLC. I'm sure you're going to have those conversations as well.
2: We sure have, Susan. So, you know, I think uh, ARC PLC sign up ends the 16th of March. Uh, We want to encourage everybody. We've got a lot of folks that have signed up uh, so far, but there's still a lot of folks that are still either making their decisions or getting their signatures in. Um, we, We plan for that to and on the 16th of March and so again get your appointments made if you haven't done that get your selections made if you don't get signed up uh, this year then you will not be eligible for an ARC PLC or PLC payment for 2019 so it's important to be able to get that done in the next couple of weeks.
1: There's a little bit of confusion. I kind of wanted you to to talk a little bit about it. We saw a tweet that came out from the president last week that said that there was going to be some more assistance coming to our producers as we continue with this whole trade issue. And then we have the Ag Secretary saying, well, probably not. So kind of give an explanation of what you guys are being told.
2: So I think, first of all, we're in a lot better place trade-wise than what we were Uh, two months ago three months ago um, now having an opportunity to be able to trade again with China we see China reducing some of their tariffs on some products to get those products in of course we have this uncertainty around coronavirus and what that does to trade but but the overall trade situation is a lot better our hope is uh, our expectations are That we'll be at a place where we don't need another MFP because the markets will reflect um, and we'll have trade going again. Trade, not aid. Let's get to that place. Now, the president's tweet said, if we're not at a place where trade is back going the way that it needs to, then we'll evaluate and see if there needs to be a third MFP. Uh, Right now, I'd certainly encourage all producers to plant for the market. Expect that the market's going to give you those rewards. Don't plan on an MFP. Um, But the markets are really not showing some of that benefit from trade yet. And so we have some producers that are anxious. Uh, If there's not trade or aid, uh, there's a concern. Uh, And the president has recognized that uh, farmers are impacted by trade. Uh, and we sometimes need to be able to support to be able to get through that. In the last two years, that's been to the tune of tens of billions of dollars of support uh, because that's what the impact has been to agriculture. So we'll certainly look at it later this year. Hopefully, we'll be at a trade environment. And nobody will be anxious for an MFP payment. But if we are at the place where we need to evaluate that, uh, we'll certainly look at that.
1: Well, Mr. Undersecretary, I appreciate your time. Is there anything else you wanted to add?
2: Nope, thank you, Susan. Um, It just is great to be around farmers. Uh, What a challenging year they went through this last year. We all hope we're much more normal weather situation um, for this next year. A lot of moisture to come down some of these rivers yet.
1: And the undersecretary said even with the concerns about flooding for some, he continued to hear a lot of optimism. At Commodity Classic in San Antonio, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network.
0: time for our business report here on midday this is a really the big story i mean this is a, the the stocks are the big story right now it goes along with the coronavirus and uh real or not that important when you look at stocks uh it uh, certainly is affecting it one way or, or another let's take a look and boy i tell you it's all over the world folks it's it's everywhere. The Asian markets, the Japanese markets, down over 3%, down 805 points in Japan right now. That's the largest I've seen it. The Hong, the Hong Seng in Hong Kong down 648 points. The London Footsie's lost 3%. They're down 215. And the German DAX index down as much as I've seen it there to a down 477 or nearly 4%. The 10-year yield... Here in the United States, down almost 11% right now. We've heard a little talk about oil. Oil is at $44 a barrel, down 56, or excuse me, 5%, 5.6%. Let's take a look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average here in the United States. Now back down under 24,000, uh, lost in nearly 17, 18% over the week. They are down 3% right now. NASDAQ down two. Uh, 190 points, and the S&P is down nearly 3%, down 83 points. Bob Brogan is in here for more.
4: Stocks have been plunging in trading on Wall Street, putting the market on track for a very bad week. In fact, the worst week since October 2008. Bond prices soared today as investors sought safety, pushing yields to more record lows. The week-long global market rout is being driven by fears that the spreading coronavirus will derail the global economy. Concerns about the economic impact of the coronavirus intensify, disrupting business events, production, and travel. The Geneva Auto Show was canceled after Swiss authorities banned large public events. And there's been a run on face masks, with many businesses selling out, and companies continue to report a hit to earnings. British Airways' parent companies is the latest to warn on a revenue drop, while Philippine Airlines said it was cutting 300 jobs. Americans pulled back on their spending in January even as their income surged, indicating, uh, indicating that the economy was growing modestly before the threat of the coronavirus arose. The Commerce Department saying today that consumer spending increased two-tenths of a percent last month, Down from four tenths percent in December and the smallest gain since October. German auto giant Volkswagen says it will pay over 900 million in damages to hundreds of thousands of customers whose diesel cars were outfitted with software to manipulate emissions readings. The settlement offer was negotiated with Germany's Consumer Protection Group. Volkswagen called it fair compensation. It will now be up to some 260,000 customers who had sued Volkswagen in Germany to accept the offer or to proceed on their own to try and sue for more. That's the way things are looking today. They're kind of down.
0: Yes, they are. Thank you, Bob. Equip your smartphone with
3: the free KRVN app, powered by Capel Sales. Get breaking story alerts, up-to-date market information, and live weather in your pocket. Listen to podcasts on your time. Watch the latest KRVN videos and receive closings and cancellation information all at your fingertips. Download the KRVN app for iPhone and Android wherever you get free apps. Proudly powered by Capel Sales.
8: Vietnamese trade delegation visits the Cornhusker State. On the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bryce Duskett reporting. Earlier this week, a Vietnam trade delegation toured agricultural facilities and met with leaders from Nebraska. Nebraska Department of Agriculture Director Steve Wattman describes the group
9: and their mission. We had a large diversified delegation from Vietnam here. A lot of businesses interested in importing Nebraska agricultural products. It was led by Vice Minister Zhuang and... Who is the Minister of Agriculture and Rural Development in Vietnam? So, very happy to have them here. I think we it's it's very easily we can say this was a direct benefit of the governor's ag trade mission last September to Vietnam, where we uh, we met with the Prime Minister and, and multiple ministries of, of throughout their government and, and businesses there. So, I think it's just a great example of the follow up that can happen with building relationships and having. Uh, Dialogue and talking about what can be mutually mutually beneficial to everybody, and and the Vietnamese were very uh, very excited about coming to Nebraska. So here we are, and and we signed multiple MOUs for hopefully potential purchases of Nebraska egg products. Can you talk about which uh, commodities were signed
8: in terms of the MOUs and who stands to benefit the most from this relationship?
9: Sure. Well, we signed a memorandum of understandings for wheat corn ethanol distillers grain soybeans uh beef uh, i think i covered them all it was it, it was a lot so um, i think agriculture in general farmers and ranchers of nebraska can benefit from from having an added value because of the export business that we have here from nebraska Is there anything in
8: particular beyond the relationship that they like and trust about Nebraska products and what made them
9: excited to come here uh, with the large delegation, as you mentioned? Well, first of all, Nebraska beef is a name worldwide, and it's known for its high-quality, safe, and, and it's delicious. It's, it's some of the best in the world. So when you start off with that as your featured product, and 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 they have experience with that product, it it just helps to sell the other products that we raise here. So so congratulations to the previous governors and and director of agriculture and the people that worked on that to get that started. And uh, we're just trying to uh, keep that going and expand on it and. I think in general, either whether you're in Vietnam or just Southeast Asia and around the world, U.S. products, in particular Nebraska, agricultural products, food products, are known for their quality and safety and the ability to deliver uh, quantities in a timely basis. Talk about the legwork
8: that goes behind the scenes. I'm sure some of that through the Department of Agriculture to make sure they have a, a great experience here in Nebraska.
9: Yeah, it, it does take uh, it takes good people. I have a good team at the Department of Agriculture that put a lot of work into this, but um, I'll give thanks to the people that hosted us at, at their businesses in Omaha, whether it's International uh, Nutrients or Oxbow, uh, E-Energy at Adams. Uh, this afternoon here at University uh, uh, at In- 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 Innovation Campus and then on to the Capitol for a, a meeting with Governor Rickett. So there, there are a lot of things that go into this, but uh, certainly want to thank the Nebraska companies that participated and helped host us. Um, and, and then also the USDA and the Foreign Ags, Agricultural Service, those folks that are in-country in Vietnam or, or in Washington, D.C., they play a big part in helping guide it from, from on top.
8: Those comments from Nebraska Department of Agriculture Director Steve Wellman. I'm Bryce Stuska reporting on the Rural Radio Network.
10: pen on the rural radio network let 's check in on our closing grain futures with Joe with John Payne, senior marketing analyst with Daniel Zag marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter this week in grain John not quite the close we saw yesterday as soybeans are lower did get k c up a few contracts in the corn, but again, are we just when will the uh, the theory on the or the fear on this coronavirus run out so we can trade something else besides that
11: yeah i think I think we 're getting there you know the markets have They've got a lot of movement to them. I think uh, the they're exposing themselves right now, in my opinion, to a lot of upside. I think uh, you look at the way we're going into delivery here. We're inverted on the um, on the Chicago wheat versus the May Chicago contract. So March is four five cents above it. On corn, we're two cents spread between May and March. That's indicating that the market isn't getting the grain it needs, and I think you're going to see a bit up here. So I'm not, uh, you know. I think it's a very difficult thing to buy into here over the next, I don't know, six weeks. But I think in the summer here, we're, you know, having some positions on, especially in the subcontract, I think if you're going to go out and do something even conservative, like a nickel option on the 450 call in September, will give you some sort of help to sell into a rally. Because, honestly, the, uh, uh, the biggest thing we can have is, uh, I don't know, probably some, volatility on uh, on demand here for a little bit, but it's going to be about supply. And we're at prices now where I think bankers are going to start to wonder if they're going to extend loans and, and everything. So the acreage is not going to be as high as we thought it was. I think you're going to see cotton, you know, be pulled away as well. So a lot of Milo planning, but I think folks are going to run away from the yellow number two here just given the cost it's going to be to put the crop in the ground given give more prices.
10: We are getting a little bit of a reprieve from that lower U.S. dollar. Some possible midday rumors that China was INP and W due to the logistical issues of getting it into China. Any more word or development on that from your end?
11: No, I'm not hearing anything like that. I, I think this this is creating a fear fear trade that's pushing a lot of money into the U.S. dollar. If you look at the ruble, the real, and the Argentinian peso, all closing on decade lows this morning. So it's a um, you know, we're fighting tremendous amount of headwind here, and I think um, the fear is just part of it. But this is an opportunity, in my opinion. I really think that there's, there's some upside here. So short term, just be patient. I think you're going to find pricing opportunities here in the first, in the sec- first second quarter. Um, and I think you've got to take advantage of them. You know, May, 385, 390, I think you've got to look to move it early. Don't wait until the end of April. As you can see today, we're on the low of the contract essentially over the last six weeks.
10: And again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in grain. Learn more at DanielZagMarketing.com. To remember, trading futures and options involves risk of loss. may not be suitable for all investors.
0: And that's going to do it for the Midday Show here today on KRVN. To hear the Midday Show in its entirety, you can go to krvn.com and click on it. The podcast brought to you by Davinny Motors.
2: Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Davinny Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davinny deal.